0: blog talk radio <laughs> I call Buckbeads. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, National Spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds Program, and Editor in Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Each week I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter and become a fan on Facebook. And don't forget, while you're there, to subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Feed.
1: At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at KambachFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumbles today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer.
0: Thank you very much for uh, staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with The Chicken Whisperer. Hey, we've got a great show lined up for you today. We've got our good friend, Dr. Bridget McCray, Ph.D. She's going to be here to discuss maintaining egg production through the winter. I personally think this happens a lot, but people really kind of word it the wrong way. They say, how can I increase egg production in the winter? And we're not looking to do that. We're just looking to maintain some decent egg production through uh, the winter. This weekend, uh, uh, for a lot of us, we set our clocks back and... uh, And there'll be less light during the day as the days get shorter. uh, Your egg production may start to drop as the weather moves in, gets a little cooler. Your egg production may drop. So we're looking at just things, ideas, tips, the biology, the chemistry here, um, that things that you can do to help maintain egg production. For your backyard now, I kind of, I get this all set up for you uh, while uh, Dr. McCray calls in. But you know, years and years and years and years and years of doing this, traveling and talking to folks all around the country, I've noticed that most people will fall into two categories here when it comes to this. Uh, at least lighting the coop, adding artificial life in the uh, light in the coop. They'll say you, you've got one group, Group A, that says you know. I'm not going to add any lights to the coop. I have enough layers in my backyard. Hell, it's just me and my husband, and we have plenty of layers in the backyard. So even if they do slow down, we still have plenty of eggs, plenty of eggs through the winter. Um, And and, and I feel like it's uh, it's their natural process. I want to do things naturally. they need to rest. My hens need to rest for the winter. They, they naturally rest for the winter. I'm, I'm not going to add light to my coop. I'm getting plenty uh, because I have enough hens to uh, provide. Uh, and then you may have group B that says, you know what, if I'm paying 18 bucks a bag for feed, I'm going to get as many eggs as I can out of my ladies, and I am going to add artificial light because they need to uh, pay their keep. <laughs> and so you've got that, folks, and they will add light to their coops in the uh, uh, late fall and wintertime to help again maintain egg production. So again, most people fall into kind of these two uh, these two categories. And, and we know that hens require 14 to 16 hours of light daily, depending on what research you look at uh, to maintain uh, egg production. And so we've got uh, the expert, Dr. Bridget Cray PhD, poultry scientist is going to be here and professor. She'll be here shortly to discuss that. Uh, maintaining egg production throughout the winter. We've also seen that if people choose to add light uh, to their coop in the winter, there's other things that kind of fall into play. uh, We see most of the time, uh, again, seeing uh, setups all around the country, Most of the time, we see people using too much light, Uh, and in a lot of cases, way too much. How much light do your hens need in the backyard to help maintain egg production? Well, most breeds, science shows most breeds require a half a foot candle of light. And you may say, well, how much light is that, a half a foot candle? How do I measure that? It's very simple. Uh, You want to go into your coop after dark. Uh, with a newspaper or magazine and a light source. And the minimum amount of light required to read that newspaper or magazine, holding it just six inches away from your nose, is all the added light that is required to help maintain egg production. So it's not a lot. Of other breeds, uh, you may need a little bit more than that, but probably in in no, instance you need more than probably a 40-watt light bulb, and in many cases, a 25-watt light bulb will work, and in even some cases, a little night light would be enough to help maintain egg uh, production. So we see across the board, by far, most people use too much light when they want to actually add light to the coop, so half a foot candle. Number two, another big debate that's always out there, there's advantages and disadvantages to both, and well, do I add the extra light in the morning or in the evening? And a lot of times this comes down to personal choice, but there are some negatives to both of these, depending on which you choose. Uh, the negative of adding light uh, in the evening and kind of extending the day is that it may prevent your hens from naturally going back to the coop as the sun starts to set because of the lights on in there. And they may uh, end up being outside. And then when that light goes off, there's the timer. If they're still out and about roaming around, they can't find their way back to the coop. or uh, uh, They'll try to stuff in a tree or in a bush or on the ground or somewhere else like that. And they won't mosey on back. So you may have that issue by adding the light in the evening is that it sits uh, um, it's on, it's bright, and they stay uh, a- active and stay out of the coop, and they don't go to roost. Um, you also have, if you say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start the day earlier. I'll have that light come on at 4 a.m., for example. Well, if you do that and extend those extra hours and start the day sooner – then um, you may have some other negative effects, like rooster starting to crow because now it is light out. Uh, you'll also have a lot more noise coming from the coop because when the light comes up, or i.e. the day starts, um, your your flock wants to start doing some things. Uh, oh, it's daylight. Okay, great. I need to eat. I need to drink. I need to poop. I need to mate. I need to lay. Um, I need to get out and look for bugs and more noise, and they lay earlier, then they start maybe cackling earlier, so so you may have an issue for some of you, this may not apply if you live on 100 acres, but if you live in a subdivision, you know, uh, close proximity with neighbors, and so that might be an issue, so there's some negatives to either way, uh, adding a light in the evening, and it's just extending the day, or uh, starting the day sooner, and adding it and, uh, in the morning, so uh, but we'll welcome here Dr. McCray here in a few minutes, and she'll come on and, uh, and really kind of clear all this up and, and talk about many other things that we can do to, uh, to help maintain egg production in the winter. One thing is also as we look look forward, uh, just some reminders before we go a commercial first commercial official commercial break, and uh, have uh, Dr. McCray call in. Is you know if you live in a very cold climate, uh, keeping those waterers sometimes can be a challenge. If you live in very cold climates, I know here in the south. Um, you know, there's a little stretch, you know, two, three day stretch where it can get very, very cold. If those waterers stay frozen. Uh, I never seemed, it never seemed to warrant, never, never did that long enough to warrant buying a heated waterer base or a heated waterer. Uh, but we did have one or two extra waterers uh, that we just swapped out. So if we had a three, four, five day stretch where it was just consistently very cold, <clears throat> waterers would freeze in a matter of uh, uh, an hour, maybe, maybe two, if it got that cold. We would just uh, go out and swap a couple of times a day, uh, and then uh, maintain that without having to buy the uh, heated water or base or heated water, and then having a plug and a cord, and different things like that. So uh, that's something that you know, very important uh, to maintain even in the wintertime, fresh, clean water for your flock. Uh, very, very important. Uh, frozen water doesn't do your flock a bit of good, so maintaining that. Uh, also, if you think about, you know, the, the grass goes dormant, uh, weeds kind of die off. They like to get out there and scratch around you may find yourself um, helping them with that task or providing other things for them, uh, buying some herbs to to give them and just kind of sprinkle it out into into the run from the scratch about and and things like that because those things will kind of die off and go dormant grasses as well. They still uh, enjoy that, and uh, there's still some things you can do to help um, encourage that by adding some, uh, what's the word, I want to say aftermarket, but uh, uh, some natural things out uh, into their pen for them to scratch about and uh, and get that done. So it's uh, something to think about as well as we enter into the uh, into the winter months. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to go to a commercial break while I do that. Um Make sure you get that pen and paper out. I know you're going to want to take some notes when Dr. McPrae comes on. So uh, we'll go to our first commercial break. Get that out of the way. And we'll come back. We'll continue with Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Cobbock Feeds and our guest today, Dr. Bridget McPray. We're going to be talking all about maintaining egg production through the winter. When you need an incubator, think Brentsy, the incubation specialist's. Frenzy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at brensea.com. That's b-r-i-n-s-e-a.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver hen aprons at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Tasty Grubs by Tasty Worms Nutrition are the original dried black soldier fly larva made right here in the USA. Tasty Grubs are high in protein and calcium, vital nutrients for laying hens. Customers have reported an increase in shell quality, egg taste, and a reduction in molting time. For a limited time, get a bag of Tasty Grubs 100% free. Simply enter tastyworms.com forward slash whisper into your web browser and add one to your cart today. Save 10% on all other products, such as dried mealworms, by entering the coupon code whisper at checkout. That's tastyworms.com forward slash whisper. The yard Bird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The 1.5 horsepower motor and 20-inch stainless steel tub can handle two 8-pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary, which makes it virtually maintenance-free. For more information about how you can own this must-have chicken processing product, visit YardbirdChickenPluckers.com today. That's YardbirdChickenPluckers.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry, from rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams. Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com.
1: Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer.
0: Actually, in reality, I am Super Chicken. Alrighty, folks. Thanks for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. We only have two commercial breaks during the hour-long show, and that's less than regular radio. That's less than TV. So uh, um, go and um, go visit their sites, and if there's something, uh, check out their prices. If there's something that you need to uh, purchase, then we encourage you to visit our sponsors uh, because I'm sure you learn a lot from our special expert guests on a regular basis, and uh, the sponsors allow that to uh, happen. Let's head over to the phone lines, and we'll get on with the uh, show today. Again, we're talking with uh, poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McRae, Ph.D., and uh, we're talking about maintaining egg production through the winter. Dr. McRae, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hi. Hey. Sorry about not calling in sooner, Andy. I was grading papers, and I lost track of time.
0: Grading paper. Do you grade on a curve? No. We don't. Okay, I didn't know. I I, I, I rarely had teachers that did that. I think you I. got to stand on your
1: that. own two feet in my class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Not every kid gets a trophy. So. Um, <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! Oh, a, I'll be Eight years ago, me and Pat Foreman, when she was on the show with me, uh, we would get into that every now and then, and uh, it was a hoot to hear her and me. We'd go back and forth, and uh, me and Pat Foreman, hope she's doing well. So let's start off, and like I said earlier, kind of did an intro a little bit earlier about this, and... uh, uh, kind of just maintaining egg production to catch up. We talked about, folk, you know, most people fall into two categories. They either do or they don't, and why they want to or why they don't want to. And we talked about we're not really trying to increase egg production. We're just trying to maintain it. And uh, we talked about the hours of light uh, really needed and, and different things like that to kind of set it up. But we definitely want to hear from you and get some notes down from you about, hey, I've got, you know, a dozen hens in my backyard, and uh, days are getting shorter. And just, yeah. well what can I
1: and Daylight Savings Time is this Saturday night, everybody. Don't forget. Of course, your it chickens is. aren't going to know it.
0: <laughs> if you've got
1: one of those timers that the chickens, um, that uh, opens and closes the door, I hope your timer runs off the daylight and not a clock that you change. Because your chickens don't understand Daylight Savings Time. Well, there's two main things we're going to tackle today, Andy. And the first is light, and the second is cold. Um, A lot of the things that I talk about are related to management, and managing both light and the amount of cold that your chickens are exposed to will help you in the long run uh, maintain egg production through the winter. A lot of first-time chicken owners, if they get their chicks in the spring and they become old enough to lay in their first winter, like say right about now they're starting to lay their eggs. Uh, They may lay reasonably well through the first winter, but the second winter you will probably get very little if nothing. Um, As a bird ages, their rate of lay slows down, and they are very much so more responsive to light Additionally, if you choose one of the breeds that is a strain designed for egg production, like a production red, a red star, black Uh star, something like that, or even a leghorn, they will probably lay very well for you through the first winter. But some of these other breeds, they may stop on you altogether. Um, So if you want them to lay, you're going to have to light them chickens need a minimum or well need, they need approximately 14 hours of light um preferably more like 16 hours of light in order for them to lay and and actually um respond biologically uh to the longer day lengths that's what you're going to be stimulating um a lot of people this time of year they see that their chickens they've been doing um they've been Uh, using natural day lengths and not paying a light bill. And right now their chickens start to go into molt. Well, this is a terrible time of year to go into a molt, mostly because it's too cold to lose all your feathers. And if you're a good chicken manager, you can actually control when this happens to your birds, when you want to molt your chickens. So if you want your chickens to lay... You need to put a light out there, even if it's battery powered, hooked up to a uh, a car battery or um, something that you have uh, wired to a solar panel or something along those lines. Whatever you want to put together, you can you can use a, a low wattage bulb. Um, and so, if you are going to pay for electricity, don't pay for a hundred watt bulb. Twenty five will do the trick. It doesn't take a whole lot to get the point across to the chickens that hey we'd like you to lay some um lay some eggs this winter. So I didn't mention this earlier. Yeah. Um,
0: I didn't mention the earlier when we were talking. It was on the tip of my tongue, and, and I mentioned something else. But uh, you and I have talked about this uh, many times every year when we talk about this, about how uh, you may have a spotlight on the corner of your house or on the back of your house or a little, yep. uh, you know, those. And, and that that's on at night, it's on a little sensor, and that, the light coming through the coop window, would, that may be enough. Or you have a street lamp. You don't ever think yeah. about this, but you know, the coop's on the corner of the of the street, and you got a street lamp out there, and, and you're like, oh, my, my chickens lay great through the winter. I don't have light to coop at all. And then when you start investigating, they're like, well, you have a, a spotlight on the corner of your house, or so you have a street light over here, or all, all these yeah. other factors that the Look around and see if they do have uh, artificial light already out
1: there. And they can become photorefractory if you over-light them. So if you you keep them lit for too long, uh, eventually they'll stop responding to the light and then they'll throw themselves into a molt. Just something for you to consider um, because a lot of your listeners, Andy, want to be good chicken owners and don't want to do anything that would upset their birds. So that's something to consider as they're making some of their decisions is all right. Well, if I'm going to light these chickens, I'm going to use a uh, you know, not the brightest bulb that I can buy. I don't need to pay for that. Um, I'm going to use something that is um middle of the road. I I've got this hooked up uh maybe a drop cord to the house and put it on a timer so that it's not running all the time. And then if you have um if you want to you can have them lay uh all the way through until spring and then you can give a give them a break in the spring when it's warm enough that you know they can they can handle having um you know the days are still pretty short but they can handle um uh throwing out their old feathers and growing a new coat of feathers. Uh, so adjusting the light and, and finding the right kind of bulb and the system that really works for your housing, your flock, your needs. Um, I try to, I've tried over the years to give solutions to um, some of the most common um, questions that people ask and, and some of the situations they get themselves into or the questions they end up asking themselves, well, do I buy this or do I buy this, which is better which is better for the birds. And so we talk about some of the biology, and and I've mentioned, Andy, that it's actually the light penetrates, not through the eyes, but it's actually the light is penetrating all the way through their comb, their skin, their feathers, their skull, their brain, to the base of the brain at the hypothalamus, where those receptors are actually responding to uh, the light that you put into the coop, or at least the light from the day. And so if if the sun comes up, and you may have to adjust this a little bit by getting a, uh, an adjustable timer. If the sun comes up at, oh, I don't know, this time of year, maybe, depending on where you put your coop in the yard, they may start seeing it at around 7, maybe 7.15 in the morning. Um, if you need to... Adjust your timer so it turns on at five or five fifteen. So a couple extra hours in the morning, and maybe a couple extra hours in the evening. You you will have to um, adjust or purchase a timer where you can adjust by, by maybe half hour or fifteen minute increments when that uh, light turns on. So uh, you know this is this is the time of year when a lot of people start going on vacation, and you can probably easily find. A timer in a big box store such as uh, Walmart or Lowe's or Home Depot other people um they they want to uh, they want their timer attached or a thermo cube attached to the timer with that extra bit of redundancy or something like that um, or they'll some folks will actually separate that out a little bit. And uh, attach a thermo cube to provide heat inside the coop um, so that when the lights are out, uh, you still have a, a thermo cube that turns on a radiant heat source uh, so that the, your birds remain warm inside the coop. That helps you avoid problems like frostbite. Uh, Even a little bit of frostbite can start to affect a bird's ability to lay. And depending on where you are in the country, you may get down to some pretty nippy temperatures at night. Uh So I have been encouraging over the years um, that people uh, keep their chickens warm. Uh, When you start to drop below 55 degrees Fahrenheit, then your chickens will start to decrease their egg production the size of their eggs, um, maybe the quality of their eggs or the frequency of their eggs will start to deteriorate until you get right down to the the frozen mark. And then, depending on how cold it really gets, they may drop off altogether. And um, if it's just too cold, the chickens, you have to think about this. Chickens don't lay when their needs are not being met. Uh, laying eggs is a luxury. So if your chickens stop laying eggs, you're not meeting one or more of their needs. Um, so you know, something's wrong because when all is running right, they can lay eggs for a good long time. So if they're not laying eggs, what have you done differently? What have you changed? What has changed about the environment or the bird itself? Is it healthy? Um, have you tried a new food? You know, you have to think about huh, okay. I'm starting to see that we're not getting quite as many eggs. I need to change something up. Um, try not to let your waters freeze. Chickens are not really good at, at pecking through frozen water. Uh they they don't you know, the beak is a, a sensitive organ and they don't like to bang their beak into things necessarily. And if they think the water is is liquid and they go to, to drink from it and they hit something solid, uh, it's only going to take two or three pecks before they're like, um, no. And those two or three pecks may or may not break through the ice. And as I've mentioned before, two-thirds of that egg, Andy, is made of water. So if she can't gain access to water, she's not going to lay eggs. Kind of a, a a sticky situation there. Okay, All right. Yep, yeah, and so I I will recommend to people that they get a heated water base. Um, I like the I like the Brower ones that are metal, and you can just plug that into your power source, attach that yep. to a thermo cube, so it only turns on when it's really 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 cold outside, and then, um. I it's nice plastic waters are nice, but when you when you start to get the the flexion that can occur with a heat cold heat cold cycle with a heated water base, then unfortunately um, sometimes those plastic waters will crack on you much sooner than if you had used a metal water. So. Please consider that factor um, in the longevity of the equipment that you buy. A lot of people start flocks, Andy, because they want um, to have a smaller impact on the environment and the world that we all share, and being wasteful just isn't part of the plan. So you may have to consider, all right, do I get, uh, yes, I can see through and see what the water level is on the plastic water but the metal waters last a lot longer, but I just don't get to see where the water is water level is on it um so you know you've got some trade offs there but if your plastic yeah, water had, breaks, then you know then you've got a recycling issue andy what yeah, were we, we never
0: no we had we had both we had those galvanized waterers and um and, and we used the five gallon um uh, plastic water with the handle on the on the top that screws down. We really liked it. Of course, we were in the south. We didn't have to deal with a lot of freezing. Uh, when we did, we didn't have the, the heated base. We would just have an extra water or two. We talked about that earlier, um, and uh, just kind of swap them out throughout the day if I was home or Jen was home. And we, I know for a fact, we we still have some of those um, in the uh, out in the shed, and um, we use those well daily. That we use those all the time, and we had we're still. Some um, That were uh, goodness, uh, ten years old, decade old, and uh, we we had great success with those. So when you look at those folks, it's like five water, and they're one of the thirty-five, thirty-eight dollars. But they, we we still have some in, in use today, and they're over a decade old. So we we had great yeah. success with those. We didn't have to battle with freezing temperatures and uh, expanding and 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 busting like maybe someone in very those frigid temperatures may may have to consider.
1: Now, one of the things I like better than open water troughs are closed water systems like nipple drinkers. And a lot of the folks who are really innovative thinkers and are designing new, better um, uh, chicken waters, they are building um, chicken waters into the sides of coolers like, say, the Bright Tap product. And I just saw a side sipper product just come out um that is um hit hitting the market so you can use you know an existing cooler which provides insulation from the cold and then additionally um i've even seen water inserts um you can take uh, say you've got a a cooler or a, a nipple drinker system that um you want to use or even um like uh, the chicken fountain, I think uh, he has you switch out the actual nipples themselves to copper, which conducts uh, heat much more easily from the inside of the water, where you've got a water ins- uh, heater insert, um, so that the nipples themselves don't freeze. And chickens really, you know, as much as they don't like pecking frozen water as in the water trough, um, it's even less fun for a, a frozen nipple drinker. Uh, because that's a lot of damage to some pretty small parts, some of which are plastic, and and that freeze thaw freeze thaw cycle can be a little rough on those. Um, but he's come up with some awesome solutions, and I know your listeners out there, depending on where their vocations are and where they've lived and how long they've been keeping chickens, they've come up with their own solutions, and it would be neat to see what people have come up with as far as designing the the next mouse trap you know <laughs> um but in this case it would be uh chicken heaters or chicken uh frozen chicken water solutions that would be kind of interesting to see what um uh, people have come up with that is um you know some young people that might be a, a kind of a fun um do it yourself uh science fair project is is building a better chicken water or even feeder but um, there you go there's just a suggestion for our younger listeners out there in the chicken world cool. um, so yeah if the chickens don't have access to water they're very quickly going to give up egg laying and um, you know they they may get up in the morning before you do so make sure everything's plugged in so that you don't have to you know, it's gonna be a take a toll on you if you have to get up extra early, go out in the very cold and you're not you're gonna feel resentful after a while and you may not appreciate your chickens for, for very long or or at least give them the level of care that you might when the weather is more accommodating. So, um set yourself up for success, uh as far as um, frozen waters and and uh selecting a breed that's, that's going to, to do well and putting a light out there. Um, one other thing is, I think we've mentioned this in other shows, Andy, is ventilation and uh, insulation. Keeping that coop warm enough will help prevent problems like uh, frostbite on the comb and the wattles. Uh, uh-huh. You can even get frostbite on the toes. So designing your perches so the chickens can actually pull their toes up and lift up their breast feathers and tuck those toes underneath, keep them close to their body. Feathers are very insulating and will keep those toes warm so they don't end up with frostbite. Um, Chickens with frostbite on their toes end up having balance issues once the tissue falls off. You may have to seek a veterinarian's assistance and do some minor surgery for those. So... You know, if you've got a, a, maybe you found a tree branch in the backyard, and it's it's a couple inches around, um, maybe three or four inches around, and, you know, your chickens can really uh, just sit on the top of it, and they can pull those breast feathers over the tip of their toes, whereas if you've got a skinny little branch, maybe something that's an inch in diameter, and their toes go all the way around, well, depending on what breed you have, how old your birds are, they may or may not be able to lift their breast feathers up when they're perching and sleeping at night, and the coldest part of the day is at night, and get those feathers covering up the very uh, tips of those toes. And so that's something for you all to consider. Now, if you're not willing to, to alter the, your perch size or even you know examine that, then consider taking a look at um, insulating your coop, starting with the roof and that will help keep them warm. Put in extra shavings for some insulation against uh, cold that will come up from the floor, depending on your design. And uh, of course, if you can insulate the walls, do it. Um, insulation doesn't mean that you're going to be fighting moisture. There are ways around that with uh, ventilation. So. Um, that's why we call it poultry science, Andy. There is a lot of science to this, and I know you always tell your listeners to, to get their books out. But we think about these things because a lot of you out there have busy lives. You wanted chickens for fun. You wanted your chickens to, to provide you with a a little bit of eggs and maybe some entertainment or maybe it's an educational opportunity for the younger people in your family, and um, what you can do is you can show uh, that you know maybe you've got a robotics project that you can do with your kids, and show how uh, you know with an actuator you can um, program a computer to open and close a, a ventilation um opening uh based upon the temperature outside that would be a great project maybe for a homeschool or older student so um you know there's lots of opportunities out there for you to incorporate the entire family in the science that we call poultry science and it's not just the chickens themselves you can bring in um you can bring in microbiologists you can talk about veterinary medicine Um, We can talk about food science and also, like I mentioned, um, a little bit of engineering or computer science Um, so that, you know, you can keep these eggs, um, you can keep these chickens laying through the winter. You can record how many eggs you get every day this year and then change something next year, and that would be great to report on a science fair project for a young person. Say, hey, we did nothing last year, and this is what we got. Then we did this this year, and this is what we got. And mm-hmm. see if there's any sort of difference. So there you have it. Not- um, that's kind of what I wanted to share with your your listeners today, and, and I'm not online, so I don't know if any questions popped up. Um, but, uh, you know, keep that temperature high enough in the coop that they will be comfy and cozy. You um, you want to provide a heat source if you really are in a, an area that gets really into the, the zeros and negatives for long periods of time. You definitely want to provide light so that they lay for their second and third and fourth and fifth and so on and so on years of their life, as long as their egg-laying life lasts. And keep that water from freezing so that they can continue taking the water from from their daily drinking habits and putting it into that wonderful egg that you hold in your hand of course, lastly um, if you're going through all this effort and your your eggs do roll out into a part of the coop that isn't as insulated like some of these coop designs are um, you want to pick up your eggs two or three times a day in the really cold days so you're not picking up frozen eggs um, frozen eggs—they um, actually uh, may may pop on you as you try to thaw them, or um, you know they may explode inside the the nest box if they get too cold. And, and if you are able to salvage the egg once an egg has been frozen, um, they kind of get a, a gelatinous texture. So that you know, pick up your eggs more frequently in the winter so that you can avoid some of these texture issues.
0: Hey, I'm going to go to commercial when I come back. I've got a question that you can be brainstorming on when we come back, and that okay. is um, uh, feed, nutrition. Is there anything we need to do differently? I know a lot of people say, oh, put some scratch down for them. I'll keep them warm at night. We don't want to overdo yeah. it. But, uh, What's the right, more. more more protein. Just you know, just any changes we need to make uh, regarding their diet. So we'll we'll uh, throw that at you when we come back after the break, folks. we're Talking to Dr. Bridget McRae, PhD. We're talking about maintaining egg production through the winter. There's more to come. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this short break. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfge.com, that's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com, or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257 Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. Hey, it's the chicken whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at gqfradio.com. That's gqfradio.com. Come back. Come back, back. Come back.
1: Come back. Come back, back, back,
0: back, 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 back.
1: From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer.
0: Okay, welcome back to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. Um, It is now November 3rd. And um, I've refrained for uh, quite a while now, but it is now November 3rd, so um, I I hate to do this to you guys. what you're thinking. 51 days, 9 hours, 11 minutes, and 45 seconds until Christmas. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. It is already November the 3rd. So let's get back over here to the phone lines okay. and we'll bring back on Dr. McPherson. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I know it. it the first time this season I was looking over the audio clips here on the switchboard and I was like, it's November third. This is now. Well, no, it's never appropriate, but <laughs> <laughs> this is now appropriate. It's the season, so uh, yeah, all of our uh, old time listeners now. Here we go again. But yeah, that. Was, uh, that was good. So um, I get out there and do that shopping. You I had guess. to so,
1: do what I understand. I
0: had to. I thought, and I was like, ooh,
1: ooh, ooh. It's November now.
0: Um. So nutrition. So let's talk about the- food
1: yeah a lot of times feeds have a little bit of buffer built into them, um but I know a lot of people um when it gets downright chilly uh and it sustains cold for more than you know a couple of days, um, below freezing temperatures, they like to feed a little bit of scratch grain in the evening before the birds go to bed at night. If you do this, you also need to feed grit. Uh, Scratch grains are a little harder to digest, and it will help the birds digest inside the gizzard if you give a little bit of grit, which is stones. Not the same as oyster shell, which is for calcium. So if if you're going to buy scratch grains, buy a bag of grit. You'll probably buy one in your lifetime and eventually work your way through it with your flock. And as far as how much scratch grains to give them, well, as much as they can clean up in about fifteen minutes, if you're throwing it on the floor of the coop for them to, to dig around and scratch at, you'll be fulfilling some of their behavioral exploration needs. Uh, but you know, for two or three chickens, uh, a couple handfuls. Um, if you've got you know anywhere from six to twelve chickens, you may want to put a scoop out there. But uh, you you don't want anything left behind, uh, and grains are a little easier to digest than say whole corn or something like that, and you don't want to give them something that's too large for them to swallow, so just watch your your seed size. Um, but it doesn't mean all the time because these are these are grains and feeds that are high in energy, low in protein. And it is like a snack, and it's a very addictive snack, and they will ask you for it every day for the rest of their lives. They'll be like, do you have any scratch grains? And you'll be like, oh, my gosh, that was three years ago. It's not cold enough. And they'll they'll still ask you, do you have any scratch grains? There you go. Um, but there you have it, a, a suggestion of scratch grains. Um if you you know, if you are going to feed just scratch grains, um, you've got a new worms uh mealworm supplier. Um, and you might want to mix some of those in there just so they're boosting their protein levels. Otherwise you can get obese chickens who are desperate for protein but they don't have the good sense God gave them to stop eating the junk food. And so <laughs> you know, just think about that as you're deciding what to feed your chickens and I think I'll leave it
0: there, Andy. Very good. This just popped up, and it has nothing to do with chickens, but I thought it was an amazing story. I am not a really a pro sports mm-hmm. fan at all. Football, baseball—I no, do like some college sports uh, and college football, but I just—I just don't get into pro sports, and even pro baseball really turned me off back when when they all went on strike and all that deal, and, and it was—it was a joke. So, but. Um, it, it was funny so i just you know i'm not i don't get excited about it whatsoever even with the cubs 108 years and any way everybody's going so excited even cub fans who've never been a cubs fan now cubs fan wearing cubs gear and all that kind of stuff and and uh i was joking with my friend i was like so They've been. I'm not going to use the word I actually used on radio, but so, so they 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 have a really they, they they stink for the last 108 years. Uh, they they get lucky, they win. Now they're going to stink for another 108 years, and you're all excited oh. about it. But uh, <laughs> I know, I know that's bad. But this is a story that just popped up. It's fascinating. It just it's one of those real feel good stories. And it says uh, a, a man drove 600 miles to listen to the Cubs win. With his father at his grave, keeping his promise. So apparently, when this and this this oh. guy doesn't look like the young whippersnapper, but it just it just came across here, and I was like, wow, that's a really good heart felt feel good story. Yeah,
1: that I, barely... I like hearing that stories way. like that. And when the
0: Cubs get to the World Series, pops, I'm gonna come listen to. I will listen to the last game. I'll you know right there at your gravesite. So it's got a picture of him in one of those little foldable outdoor chairs, sitting there with the radio in his lap. Uh, right there, and you can see the headstone of his father. And uh, <laughs> I just thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, feel good things. So, uh, so I was like, you know, probably something uh, I would do. Maybe uh, maybe I'll go and hang out with my dad on Tuesday when we find out who's the next president. So that's coming up, folks. I <laughs> want you to vote regardless. Uh, voting is important. It, it's a right we cannot take advantage of. I mean, you've got to go... Um, and ignore, the, just go vote. I don't care who you're going to vote for. Just just go vote. It's very important to vote. Uh, you know, please you vote, them, yes. Please vote. Um, it was so discouraging. Um, when you look at some of the uh, election percentages in the past where, you know, in, in some of these states where only like 46% of everybody that was registered oh. actually voted. Half, half, less than half the people. So, so get out uh, and vote. Uh, not a political show, care less you vote for it, but do vote. I think it's very important. So, uh, hey, Dr. McRae, great show. Very Thank you, show, Very timely go show. I'm going to go donate
1: blood now, so here's hoping I go don't donate. pass out.
0: Yeah, I hope you don't. And, and you get, you get, you eat lots of those peanut butter cookies they give you after you, you eat. Oh, okay. Blood.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Andy. <laughs> take <laughs> you care, take love. care. Say hi to Jen for me.
0: Will do. <laughs> So uh, that is Doctor. Gray, PhD and a great show talking about um, maintaining egg production in the winter months. So uh, thanks for staying with us. Let me check my email too because I might have a, a double show next week. I just came across so they may be checking availability. Yeah, I want to check their schedule. Um, I know next Thursday, next Thursday I've got um, a poultry veterinarian Doctor. Maurice Pateski. He's coming on. He's going to be talking about dry pox. Uh, That is next – wait, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Or is that the article he's writing? Yeah, I think the article he's writing for the winter issue is about dry pox. I believe that we're going to be talking about next Thursday. When is a sneeze – not a sneeze. I talked to him yesterday on the phone and I was like, you know, we see this a lot on blogs and forums where my chicken sneezes. Do I do need to do anything about that? Just, I heard it sneeze when I was out gardening. Uh, and then you'll have all kinds of folks say, oh, give your whole flock antibiotics right now, all of them. Or, you know, get that one out of the way and and, and, and uh, separate it, uh, quarantine, and start it on antibiotics because it sneezed one time. I see this a lot. Or, or maybe, no, it's probably okay. It's probably just dust. You know, they're going to sneeze occasionally. Maybe it was dusty. Maybe, you know, who knows. So, it's going to be a great show because we hear we've heard this for years. You know, just even recently on a, on a forum, I saw it. My chicken sneezed. What do I need to do? Uh, so, you know, when is a sneeze not a sneeze, or when is a sneeze just a sneeze? That's going to be next Thursday, and possibly next Tuesday, um, either next Tuesday, or the following Tuesday. I'll, uh, looks like I might be welcoming a good friend and a long-time contributor to the show, to the magazine, uh, Dr. Casey Barton Miravesh. Uh, with the C D C. We call her Doctor Doctor. She's got a, a PhD and uh, uh uh what is it? Public health and a, a doctor of uh just a doctor of veterinary medicine. And she may be coming on and uh talking about um uh, she is in charge uh, she is the the uh, head honcho of One Health uh and uh it's one health day I believe today and uh, she uh, she may come on and talk a little bit about this because I hear a lot of people say uh, well anyway I'll, I'll save it but it's it's uh, it's going to be a really good show when she comes on and out on Facebook about all the things we're going to be talking about it's going to be a sit down one on one uh, and it's going to be great I'm going to ask her a lot of questions I'll ask her a lot of tough questions you know how do you how do you respond to folks who say uh, I don't have to worry about this. I've been eating eggs for 10 years from a backyard flock and I'm fine. I'm healthy. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about salmonella. I don't have to worry about that. Uh, the store-bought eggs are going to be a bigger chance than, than my eggs. Or I've been doing this for so long. I don't have to worry about this. I'll take my chances. Uh, you know, how, how, do you respond to that kind of thing? I have a clean coop. So my, my eggs are good. We're going to ask her the tough questions. I'm going to ask her the questions that people ask whenever I post something about education, um,
1: and then they all go off the
0: deep end and conspiracy theories. and well I've done this and I've done that. I've never been sick blah, blah, blah. So we're going to ask her these questions and say, you know, what 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 what, what do you say? And we'll have her opine on that. So uh, that'll be great. Hopefully next Tuesday, the following Tuesday, and the next Thursday for sure, Dr. Uh, Pitesky. So I want to thank you very much for tuning in today and uh, continue tuning in, learning all about our backyard flocks from, hey, let's call it what it is. is, are poultry experts in their field. I'm not poultry expert. I'm just that, ah, the liaison, the medium to get you this information, In fact-based, science-based, study-based information for you so you can keep a healthy backyard flock of chickens. So keep joining us, and we will see you next week. Have a great weekend, and God bless everybody. <laughs>